0: Welcome to the South Asian Voices Subcontinental Podcast, featuring discussions on the security, strategy, politics, and history of South Asia. I'm your host, Samir Lalwani, and in this special episode of the Subcontinental, South Asian Voices Managing Editor, Akriti Vasudeva, interviews the Summer 2017 cohort of Stimson South Asian Voices Fellows.
1: Hello, uh, my name is Akriti Vasudeva, and I'm a research associate here at the Stimson Center in Washington, D.C., I'm also the managing editor of South Asian Voices. Today, I'm joined by the South Asian Voices July 2017 visiting fellows. Uh, For those of you who don't know, um, twice a year, South Asian Voices offers a small number of visiting fellowships to outstanding contributors. As part of the six-month fellowship, fellows work in pairs to develop a research project. Um, They meet with policymakers, scholars, and other experts during their one-month residency in DC, and they contribute monthly analysis to SAV. So fellows, would you please introduce yourselves and tell us where you're coming to us from and what you do. Munish?
0: Hi, I'm Munish, Munish Tarangbam. Um, I teach as an assistant professor at the Department of Geopolitics and International Relations at Manipal University, which is based in Karnataka, India.
2: Thank you. Hi, I'm Keshwar. I'm doing PhD at University of Punjab, Lahore, Pakistan, and I'm teaching as assistant professor at Hajveri University, where I teach international relations and research methodology.
3: Wait, Ruhi? Ruhi Nyog. I uh, work with the Institute of Peace and Conflict Studies in New Delhi, and my research focuses on security and foreign policy issues, looking particularly at South Asian nuclear
1: politics. Yasir? Yes,
4: Thank you so much, Akriti, for this generous uh, introduction. Uh, I'm Yasir Hussain. I'm a student of Amfil International Relations at Kaidi Azami University, Tamil Prior to that, I was. Uh, Pakistan's Youth Ambassador to Turkey. I am a frequent contributor on South Asian Voices platform, and I am writing on particularly nuclear issues as well as security issues in South Asia.
1: Great, so thank you so much for, to all of you for being here. Let's talk a little bit about how your experience has been in the last three to four weeks during the fellowship and you know, all the meetings that you've had. So, Munish, um, what was your favorite aspect of the fellowship? what did you find most valuable professionally?
0: Uh, first of all, um, the environment itself in Stimson has been uh, totally enriching. Um, you're surrounded by super smart people all the time. <laughs> and that itself, uh, you know, uh, I think makes your creative juices flow. And, uh, and, uh, and nonetheless, uh, the meetings that we have had in DC, the kind of exposure that it has given to us mm-hmm. into the DC policy making community and strategy community, uh, which is, uh, I think, something which cannot be matched easily.
1: That's great to hear. I'm, I'm glad that you've enjoyed your experience so far. Uh, Ruhi, um, what surprised you the most during your meetings in DC, whether it's related to US policy making or an opinion that you heard during the meetings that you've had? Um, I
3: think one of my major takeaways has been my sense of the level of policy uncertainty Mm -hmm. that uh, pervades all of DC right now Mm -hmm. Um, I mean of course one had a sense of this back home but you don't realize the extent of it until you're immersed in that context and speaking to all the people you've set up meetings for us with Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the most provocative things uh, I heard was yesterday uh, a gentleman said that it is time to Punish Pakistan for its errant behaviour, you know, cut, cut off all the aid, mm-hmm. uh, make the Pakistani visa even more of a liability, sorry not the Pakistani visa, the Pakistani passport even more of a liability than it already is mm-hmm. by imposing strict limitations on travel, uh, especially uh, on the Pakistani elite. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was a very interesting opinion, especially uh, given the person who was saying it, I won't be taking the person's name. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also not an opinion
1: that uh, we've uh, heard very often these past couple of days. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you mention uh, this uncertainty because I remember when we were recording a version of this podcast six months ago with Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. January cohort, Mm -hmm. it was exactly the same answer that one of our other fellows gave. And that was at the beginning of you know, that was right after inauguration. Yeah. So it's interesting that you feel the same way six months down the line. Yeah. Uh, so Kishwar, uh, during the course of your fellowship, I think you've had about 25 to 30 meetings and you still have about a week to go. Which one did you find most beneficial? Who did you enjoy interacting with the most? Uh,
2: uh, it would be uh, hard to identify one of the meetings. But uh, let me uh, tell you that I enjoy the reimbursement of the time out, which includes time to reflect on my career and or reflect and uh, physical mental renewal of and exposure to meet the uh, different peoples of different culture. Mm-hmm. Here uh, at DC, being the part of the visiting fellowship, we got the chance to meet the different people from different backgrounds, academics, scholars, and the policymakers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if I had to pick one, I will pick the Ashley Dennis. Mm-hmm. Meeting with him was short, but it was very helpful and very uh, insightful, and it really uh, increased my catalogue of techniques and strategies. And
1: it will really helpful for me in future research. Yeah. Glad to know that. So um, let's talk a little bit about the research that you're doing at Stimson. You know, you're. You're in pairs and you're working and on developing this research project. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about that, Munish and, and Kishwar, Maybe you know you guys start and then Yasser and Ruhi, you can talk about your research.
0: Okay, uh, the the research that uh, Kishwar, Munir and I have been um, developing uh, and and trying to sort of uh, uh, you know gain from the meetings and uh, re, you know refine and redoing uh, is regarding uh, this. Uh, uh, the new geopolitics in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you I mean it's a it's a it's 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 a war in Afghanistan which has been going on for more than sixteen years, mm-hmm. and in this um, recent times, uh, with uh, players like China and Russia, you know, joining and playing a very important role in the reconciliation talks. What we are trying to do is trying to, to sort of you know map out, uh, you know what has changed and what has. Continued in Afghanistan, and on that backdrop, we are trying to sort of then make a, make some sense of uh, what are the policy implications for India and Pakistan, mm-hmm. and what could be our uh, policy options in Afghanistan.
1: Kishore, do you yeah. want to add something? Yeah, I would like to add the uh, Manisha to the uh, picture
2: of our uh, project actually, but we are trying to hold the scenarios and they are the likely implications for the regional and the extra regional players. And uh, on the one hand, there is China and Russia injecting their presence. On the other hand, there, the uh, IS is getting feeds in Afghanistan, and the, the Taliban is continuously its, its presence in there. And on the basis of this assi- uh, assessment, we are trying to avoid the f- future scenarios for Afghanistan. Yeah.
3: Thanks. And Rugi and Yasser? Uh, we are working on uh, the Indian and Pakistani bids for NSG membership and uh, we are asking three primary questions Mm -hmm. um, and really going sort of back to the fundamentals which is uh, our first question is why India and Pakistan seek NSU membership Mm -hmm. Uh, the second question is whether it is possible in the near term and our final question is based on an assessment of whether it's possible in the near term we're going to see whether uh, both India and Pakistan can achieve the objectives that they seek through NSG membership mm-hmm. outside of the NSG, in case it doesn't go through.
4: It's really interesting when you are in Pakistan or you are there and starting in what happens at global level, mm-hmm. particularly in case of NSG. There is a human cry that India has been given an upper edge mm-hmm. because of this one, two, three agreement, mm-hmm. and we are you know, lagging behind in this particular field. Mm. At the same time, there are concerns that there is a international discrimination towards Pakistan, primarily in global nuclear commerce. Mm. So everyone is talking about NSG membership, and, and it's a big deal for Pakistan right now. Okay. But when it comes to United States, and we personally met with a lot of uh, policymakers, we re- we realized that it's nothing like, you know, that what whatever we thought about, NSG in sitting in India and Pakistan, yeah. it has nothing to do with that in DC. <laughs> it's a strange thing, and then when we ask for prioritization of Trump's policies, mm. South Asia was not among top five, and mm. it's really it really surprises. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great segue. Actually, the next question that I was going to ask you, that's you know talk a little bit about what's happening in the region. So it would actually be interesting that you know you'll probably be giving us a little bit of a teaser of your argument because the nuclear surprise group plenary took place last month and there was no real progress with regard to either India or Pakistan's membership so what were, do you think were the main obstacles in you know in in their bid and how do you see this process going forward
4: first of all this NSG decisions are always based on mutual consensus and unanimity uh, is the most important thing and particularly with respect to India's uh, bid, China and some other countries, Brazil, Turkey, Austria, they are consistently opposing. Mm. It is, But when it comes to Pakistan's bid, nobody's talking even. <laughs> and then when we interacted here with policymakers, they, they said that because India's bid is on table, that's why Pakistan's bid has been under discussion. Yeah. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been any sort of discussion on Pakistan's NSG bid alone, mm-hmm. so this was some so- sort of new thing for me. I learned while being in DC. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the same time, there were some other hurdles. You know, uh, some scholars argued that China actually took the stance of this NPT, not the whole NPT, mm-hmm. but some elements of the NPT, which India and uh, Pakistan are not party to. Mm. So this was one another obstacle that really. Uh, uh, could that resulted into the again blockade for India and Pakistan's NSG membership?
1: Rohit, do you want to add something?
3: Well, the same thoughts really. I, uh, in India's case, there were two obstacles. Uh, one was deliberate, which is uh, China. So, uh, just last year, it vocalized its uh, opposition hmm. to India's membership uh, of the NSG, and that has carried on. And in addition to that, um, I think a lot will depend on uh, what the US policy on this is and how much diplomatic capital they are willing to invest in it. And uh, I think at the Burnt plenary, uh, they simply didn't have the capacity to uh, facilitate discussion on India's membership. The State Department is still being reorganized. my understanding is that they haven't really discussed this at great length, mm-hmm. apart from making an announcement, I think earlier this year, about the Trump administration following the same policy,
1: but the approach, we don't really know. Great. Um, so, Monish and um, Kishwar, again, talking a little bit about the Trump administration, they're conducting a review of their policy options in Afghanistan. How is this being viewed in India and Pakistan? and? What role would each like to play in the Afghan peace process?
0: Uh, <clears throat> as far as India, I mean, uh, the Trump uh, administration review of South Asia is something which is, as I've heard in the in this town, is due by the end of this month. But you know, we we never know, uh, mm-hmm. and we don't know what. Although you have a lot of speculations and a lot of directions being thrown to you during many of these. Uh, Communications, but as far as long as the review is not out there as a paper in front of, uh, yeah. and it's not made public, um, uh, it's, it's still, I think, it's still an open question. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, the uncertainty surrounding South Asia at large, uh, both at the structural and operational level, I think, um, is something that uh, you know New Delhi is sort of looking forward to and. Um, I think that New Delhi's strategies would also, to a large extent, be dependent on what would be Trump's policy towards South Asia. Given that, I think we need to figure, picture this thing that India's policy in Afghanistan doesn't exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It is dependent on what are the dynamics in Afghanistan itself, and it's dependent on what are the strategies of other countries which are involved in Afghanistan. So I think India, the extent to which India can play a role in Afghanistan, has its, own, has its own challenges and opportunities. And to that extent, the best option for us right now, I think, seems to lie in coordinating our strategies with the United States, which we have been doing. Mm-hmm. But I think New Delhi also should look out and think through that what would be its strategy in the absence of the United States.
1: Keshwar, okay, sure, what about Pakistan?
2: Um. As far as the Trump administration policy is concerned, it, uh, the policy making process is still uh, slow regarding the, what is going to be regarding Afghanistan, Pakistan and India. The uh, I- United States endorsement of military engagement in, of Indian military engagement in Afghanistan is kind of a U- US policy shift towards Pakistan. And it seems to mean that if United States the CN is to withdraw the U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Then it's kind of uh, it minimizes its reliance on Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Pakistan need to work on this that United States sees it from le- the lens of Afghanistan that its relevancy is only to uh, United States and only from uh, Afghanistan's perspective. Mm. So they are asking more about Pakistan's initiative or steps whether he took about. Afghani's network or other militant organization based in Afghanistan or Pakistan. So Pakistan should come up with policy initiative or rather would go and develop or, uh, or normalize its relation with the Afghan government first. Hmm. So that would be the paramount policy initiative
1: should Pakistan adopt right now. So wrapping up um, you know, this conversation that we're having, just give me an idea of what were the specific professional development takeaways that you had from the fellowship and how would you rate the fellowship experience? Yes yeah, sir?
4: Dedication and the commitment, particularly within Stimson Center, I have seen is remarkable. This is one thing I have learned here. And when I go back, wherever I will work, wherever I will go, I'll keep this thing in my mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Ruhi? Uh,
3: given the number of interviews that you guys have set up for us so, mm. you know, in the past two weeks or so, um, I realized the importance of taking on board the, the variety of perspectives that mm. you're given mm. and evaluate all of them really to arrive at your own conclusions, that's one, And the second one is to acknowledge and recognize that you may start out with one particular research topic. Mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be hell-bent on sticking to that because it's entirely possible that it's going to morph and you know mm-hmm. change and become something new completely and uh, with regard to the fellowship itself, I think a huge shout out to you, Akhati Jillian, mm-hmm. Hannah, Liv and the rest of the South Asia team, it's been absolutely brilliant, you guys have set up some very interesting interviews for us um, and it's in a whirlwind, but I think it's all been very productive and interesting.
1: Yeah, okay. I've definitely
2: second uh, Ruhi whatever she, she said about the Stimson Center teams, the kind of uh, environment we received there and the kind of the support you people gave us, it's phenomenal and it's a learning experience to work with, as Yasir mentioned, the dedication and the commitment to the organization and the kind of environment which we have to your uh, Every individual there is very, very important that hopefully I will share this experience with my students Mm -hmm. back home, definitely.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about this fellowship and the kind of environment that the South Asia team in particular and Stimson Center has created for the fellows here is I think this perfect balance of hospitality and friendly atmosphere. But at the same time, being totally rigorous and unflinching in your criticism of our of whatever you know professional work that we do here, which I think is something which stands out for me because it, it makes I mean it forces me to rethink, mm-hmm. it forces me to change prisms of thinking, and um, the exposure that we have had here have had here is um, you know phenomenal. And what I would take back from here is uh, not only uh, fresh ideas to f- fine tune uh, the project that we are working for SAB, but also a lot of ideas, you know, which makes me think about, uh, you know, prospective future uh, research projects.
2: I'd like to add one thing that uh, here we had a great opportunity to work with the Indian talus. Mm-hmm. That is a very unique exactly. thing and I'm really very, very... Enjoyed working with Munish, Ruhi, and they are both. Uh, but not with the Yasser <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: is very yes. This
4: is discrimination, I should say. Yeah. We're uh, glad that okay. you
1: say that because yeah. this is going to be a great promo for the fellowship. Yeah. So thank you for your words and your testimonials. Uh, just ending here, just talk to us a little bit about where you're going next professionally and what work you're going back to.
4: As I have mentioned earlier, I'll go back. I have to start on my thesis work mm-hmm. as uh, Kai, at Kaidi University. I have to actually, it's going to be a continuation of what I am doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am working on South Asian nuclear issues, and that is my research topic as well. So I am looking at this particular issue through other lenses, not the conventional one. I'll be looking at Pakistan-India nuclear arms race through the lenses of constructivist approach Mm -hmm. rather than a pure realist approach that traditionally being the fashion for a lot of policymakers in Pakistan and India as well. Mm -hmm. So this is what I will do. And particularly as Timson Center has provided me an immense opportunity, rather I should say, I have been exposed to a variety of ideas as well as a lot of people whom I met were affiliated to uh, high prestigious governmental institutions, Mm -hmm. as well as think tanks. And their diversity of opinion has given me fresh impetus to think on particular issues through various other lenses. Mm -hmm. So this is what I am going to apply in my academic career ahead.
3: Great, Ruhi. I'll be going back uh, to Delhi, back to uh, the Institute of Peace and Context Studies and I'll be starting a project on uh, the WMD Terrorism Summit that India is going to be hosting next year. Great, Hrishwai? My focus will be on to complete my PhD dissertation.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, is, you know, that is the foremost task that I had to do.
0: Good luck with that. Thank you. Manish. Uh, after spending two weeks here, um, I sort of had this uh, feeling that, a uh, high feeling of being part of the Beltway here but uh, unfortunately i have to go back to my mundane teaching job in Manip- uh, in manipal university yeah but um, on a serious note i think uh, i take back a a, um, a very enriching experience professionally which um, i intend to sort of um, you know impart uh, during my teaching classes and apart from that um, i can will the first priority of course is to work on the policy. M- Policing memo for SLB and on, my, on my book project.
1: Great. yes. Sir, uh, do you want to add
0: something?
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, as you have been asking so many questions, it's our turn. I think we should ask some questions to you as well. And you, as you have been interacting with fellows from South Asia mm-hmm. and a variety of students, academics, and a lot of other fellows you have been talking to and sharing your opinion, mm-hmm. so how do you see this entire project is working? What's your opinion about, you know, what kind of difference you are making in particularly strategic community?
1: I think you answered the question for me when you said that you had a chance to work with your colleagues from across the border and you're able to forge an understanding with each other even though you're working on such contentious issues. We are able to see each other's side and really consider their opinion. I think that's the, the difference that the fellowship is making and I hope that you know, you continue to um, spread this understanding when you go back to your students. And hopefully this will be a platform that will continue to be, you know, about debate and engagement. So thank you so much uh, to the fellows for joining us today. And to find out more about the SAV Visiting Fellowship, please navigate to the About page of www.southasianvoices.org. Thank you.